Hello everyone, welcome back to Just One More Opinion. I'm your host, Charlie, and after yesterday's intense experience reliving the events of Avengers Infinity War, today we are fortunate enough to discuss a more laid-back, soft and sweet MCU movie as we take a look at 2018's Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, let's go! Okay, my friends. This episode is going to be much shorter than yesterday's, I hope. Uh, Infinity War gave me a lot of plot points to discuss, many, many scenes to talk about. So for Ant-Man and the Wasp, I am only going to mention what is absolutely necessary. Thankfully, this movie is very light-hearted, all-around a fun experience, and I can easily summarize the storyline and go through the important bits without drifting too much away from what is vital. So, let us begin. In terms of characters, we reunite with Scott Lang, his family and friends, and Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne. After the events of Civil War and Ant-Man's association with fugitive Captain America, is now on house arrest and is almost done with the two-year sentence. Only a few days remain, but sadly for Scott, he is needed right this moment, as Hank and Hope needed help with some quantum business. I get into specifics in a bit. So Scott has to sneak out of his home and avoid the FBI's attention, especially, especially that of Officer Jimmy Woo, played by Randall Park. Park is such a funny actor, I've seen him in Always Be My Maybe, it's really a cute rom-com, I totally recommend it, it's on Netflix. Um, and this goofy federal agent is a welcome addition to the MCU, so much so that he's also making an appearance in the upcoming WandaVision Disney Plus series. Very cool. Also joining the cast is Walton Goggins as Sonny Birch, a criminal who is looking to buy Hank, Pym, uh, Hank Pym's fancy lab at all costs, meaning stealing it instead. Uh, and the interesting thing about the character is that he would be getting the lab, not for himself, but someone else, a mysterious buyer, someone that many fans have speculated could be Norman Osborn or another big villain that we haven't met yet. Hopefully Goggins reprises his role in the third Ant-Man movie which was announced recently, like I think a week ago with the name Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> Very wild name and maybe we will find out more about this buyer. Academy Award nominees Michelle Pfeiffer and Lawrence Fishburne join the franchise as Janet Van Dyne and Bill Foster. Both play a very important role in the story, so I'll get to them in a second. But the last introduction is Ava Starr, aka Ghost, played by Hannah John Kamen, and the movie's main antagonist. Now, what this movie did so well was... 
um, play with the definition of villain. Because whether you're looking at Ghost or Sonny Birch, both don't really fit into that category. Birch is looking to steal something, yes, but his plan is not really malicious. It's just uh, <laughs> illegal. As to as for Ava Star, um, well, that's more complicated. I'll get into that in a bit. So let's just start from the beginning. The goal of this movie, right out of the bat, it's quite simple. Our hero's objective is to get Janet Van Dyne back from the quantum realm. Since in at the end of the first Ant-Man movie, Scott went to the quantum realm and was able to come back. So now Hank and Hope are trying to find a way to bring their their mother and wife back. The first obstacle presents itself when Hope is looking to buy an important device from Sonny Birch, but the guy realizes how valuable Pim's entire lab is, so he steps back from the deal. That's when we finally see Hope Van Dyne take on the mantle of Wasp. She defeats Birch's goons, shows off her incredible skill with a suit and her ingenuity with the environment around her. It's just a very fun action scene with more use of the shrinking and expanding abilities of this tiny franchise. In fact, this movie improves so much on the Ant-Man tricks that we are able to get some very inventive and... Um, impressive sequences some incredibly funny some like just extremely cool for example <laughs> when scott has an issue with the um, regulator on his new ant-man suit and he shrinks and grows with little control <laughs> that provided for some great laughs when we see paul rudd's body the size of a child just wobbling around <laughs> it's really it's really entertaining also, tiny cars, tiny buildings, giant salt dispensers, and the useful Hot Wheels case were just some of the clever ways that Hank, Hope, and Scott used this revolutionary technology. But okay, moving on. When Hope is able to get the device from Birch, she is suddenly stopped by this mysterious ghost who steals the object and Hank's shrunk lab away from the team. For the rest of the movie, it's a game of who has it and where, it's with our heroes Ghost and Birch all wanting to get their hands on the lab for different reasons. So, yeah, that's basically the plot, the, the whole the whole movie. But what is the Ghost's reason? What who is Ghost? Like I said before, her name is Ava Starr, but her backstory is is a bit more complex than just any other villain that we have. You see, her father, Elias Starr, was a colleague of Hank Pym back when they were working together at S.H.I.E.L.D. Her dad also tapped into some uh, quantum science and, and tried to figure it all out, but Hank didn't allow for his work to be continued, so Elias was discredited and decided to go at it alone. That's when the accident happened. A quantum accident that killed both him and his wife, but spared a young Ava who gained some phasing abilities from the quantum exposure. 
And yes, much like the characters, I too will put quantum in front of everything. <laughs> uh, and this is when Bill Foster comes in. Uh, and Bill Foster becomes Ava's foster parent. But, um... Sorry, I had to. I, I just had to. Um, <laughs> but after S.H.I.E.L.D. saw her potential, they trained her to become a stealth operative, a secret weapon to spy, terminate, and steal intel. Um, and they promised her to help her with her condition. But when the organization collapsed after Captain America the Winter Soldier, Ava was only... Uh, was only able to rely on Bill Foster to help her with her decaying condition uh, because she couldn't really control her abilities and she was in dire need of some healing particles from the quantum realm. That's when they discover that Janet Van Dyne might be alive um, and they plan on extracting those that energy that she's acquired for 30 years to cure Ava. That's their objective, that's why they need the lab and... And I, I have to say, those motives are not really that nefarious, you see? The, the execution might be flawed because there's a high chance that it could kill Janet in the process, but Ava has sustained so much pain ever since she was a little girl. You can't really blame her for wanting to get better. better. Once again, Marvel gives us a villain that has some decent reasoning, some actual depth, even if not that even if not that remarkable of a villain, considering all the big bads that we that we have seen before, but at least this villain has, has high stakes on this. She could die if she fails her mission, her last mission. And yeah, the rest of the movie, like I said, it's kind of a chase trying to get this Mac MacGyver of the story, the, um, that being Pym's lab, like tiny lab, that contains the quantum technology. And sometimes Scott and the team have it, sometimes Ghost and Foster, sometimes for just a second Sonny Birch has it. Until the end, that's pretty much like that. So let me quickly dial back and mention some other cool aspects of Ant-Man and the Wasp. First, I love how, how they... Um, explored more of Scott's relationship with his daughter Cassie as well as his relationship with ex-wife Maggie and Paxson has also improved which is just really cute and funny. The the de-aging technology on actors Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer and Lawrence Fishburne is also really good, much better than in Kurt Russell's ego at the start of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, let me say that. Um, Paul Rudd He's even funnier now, especially when he is entangled with Janet or comparing sizes with Bill Foster, who had grown once to be the hero Goliath in the comics. Really funny stuff. All the Baba Yaga nonsense that Kurt introduces is also quite comical. And of course, Michael Peña's Luis is hilarious. Just so good. <laughs> the sequence where Birch's men use a sort of truth serum on him and we get another Louise story time it's, it's so freaking good I love it and I would join the petition for Louise to narrate the entire 
history of the MCU if I thought that could happen. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, so, so much fun. But yes, let's continue. In the third act, our team decides to split up. Hank will have to be the one to travel to the Quantum Realm and get his wife back while Hope and Scott protect the lab from Ava and Birch. Also, Ghost's, Ghost's um, phasing abilities provide for some new, exciting action moves, and the special effects on her character are quite unique and pleasant to look at. I forgot to mention that before. But while Ghost is the biggest threat, it is Sonny Birch who appears to be winning, as he takes the tiny lab with him on a ferry trip, leaving, leaving uh, Scott to save the day, as he dives into the sea as a normal-sized, goofy adult, and emerges a giant, goofy man. He takes the lab back to shore, and after Hank finally finds his wife inside the mesmerizing landscapes of the quantum realm, they both come back to the normal realm. As the couple returns, they are met by a sobbing Hope and a joyful Scott, but Ava is still around and walks straight towards Janet, who really calmly just puts her hands on Ava's head and with, with her new quantum powers, she heals the poor woman, who is now no longer afflicted by her condition. Foster and Star go on the run, and our heroes decide to explore more of the quantum realm, which has given Janet some sort of... mutant powers? Who knows? So, in a post credit scene, we see Scott travel to the quantum realm to obtain some healing particles and just when he's ready to come back to the real world Hope, Hank and Janet all dust away from Thanos's snap and thus Scott is trapped all alone in the quantum realm the end. Wow. wow! Wow, 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 This was one of the biggest post-credit cliffhangers of the MCU, without a question. It really paved the way for Avengers Endgame, and even into that, what was going to happen in that movie, how, how they were going to repair the the events of the previous Avengers movie. But yes, this was, this was Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's a pleasant movie experience, but it's nothing spectacular, nothing groundbreaking, more like a palate cleanser after Infinity War, really. I'm giving it a 7 in and out of the franchise. It will probably be in my bottom 10 of, of the ranking when I do that. Uh, not because it's bad, but because it's not excellent or super interesting. It does set up some something extremely vital for the end of Phase 3 and for the next phases, but apart from that, there's not really that much there that makes me want to re-watch it more than twice or three times. Nevertheless, Ant-Man and the Wasp should provide for a family-friendly, fun movie experience with a lot of heart and lots of tiny action. 
And we're done, guys. This one was indeed shorter than the last episode, thankfully. Tomorrow, we meet a new MCU hero, something we haven't done in a while. When we watch Captain Marvel and learn all about her story and the origin of her powers. Captain Marvel is the last movie before Avengers Endgame, so that means we are almost done with Phase 3, with only three movies to go, with Spider-Man Far From Home being the very last entry. I'll talk to you tomorrow, take care and goodbye.